What's up? This is G Weave. This is Don't Cut Me Off Podcast. I hope you had a great weekend. Today we're about to get into, of course, NBA basketball. Also some other various topics. You know, I hope you guys had a great weekend. So sit back, relax, and let's get this week started off right. Let's get it going, baby. Let me grind my gears right now. You already know what it is. So today I'm grinding my gears with Big Perk. Uh, he always give me something to grind about. But this time he says something I kind of understood, but I try to look at it in a different manner. So today Perk basically said, the Boston fans need to leave Kyrie alone. Alone, excuse me. Because they're not on the floor holding him. Well, this is what I say. That's hogwash. Let me say this right here. Boston fans, continue to keep harassing that man. As long as you're not disrespecting his space, as long as you're not disrespecting his beliefs or disrespecting his family, as far as everything else, hey man, it's all go. You know what I'm saying? Because the one thing you want when you're at home, you want to discourage or distract the other team's players. Because if they're not mentally tough, nine times out of ten, you're not going to play at the highest level that you're supposed to. So I think it's a great idea to always hound the player as long as you're not going overboard, if you know what I'm talking about. Because in the end, if you can't take it mentally, you got to do whatever it takes to break that man to stop him if he's the one that's killing your team. So, big perk. I understand what you're saying, but once again, your beard too heavy, got you saying wrong things. You most definitely keep harassing that man. Do not stop, Boston fans. Just don't be on that racist shit. That's all I say. Just don't be on that. Other than that, let's move on. So, my problem is we looking at Denver losing to Golden State. And I'm looking at the MVP. Joker, this is your MVP. So, ain't no excuses. I don't care if Jamal Murray ain't there, and I don't care if Porter ain't there. You the MVP, that means you was the best player in the league this year, and you supposed to make everybody around you better. There ain't no excuse. If you can't do that, then why are you the MVP? You should be able to beat Golden State Warriors with the team that you guys have. If you can get past the Golden State Warriors, then it makes sense that you're the MVP. But I'm not trying to hear nothing else. I ain't trying to give you no pass. You got another MVP. You the rank number, what, five or six team? I don't even know which one it is. You couldn't even lead your team to a top three. That's why I don't understand. You giving it to somebody that's in them lower numbers instead of a player that was playing at a high level and led his team to a high number. But again, here we go again. If this man... Don't get out the first round. This is what the problem is when it comes to the MVP race. Look, Michael Jordan 
the greatest of all time. Already said when he was asked, Giannis is the clear MVP of the league. There is no if ands, and buts about it. He is the clear-cut MVP. That's coming from the GOAT. That's why voting needs to be taken out of the writer's hands. The, first of all, half the writers don't hoop. They don't do nothing. They just sit in front of a TV all day without washing their ass, watching these games, and all of a sudden they become experts. No, the experts are the players that's on the floor. Let their peers vote for the MVP, not no damn writers. I can't stand that. It's always the nerds that's sitting on the couch that wasn't athletic, but always want to judge. Man, the best thing you can do is get rid of that vote for the writers and let the players vote. Because one time, one thing I do know, Giannis was clearly the MVP this year. Other than that, let's get it started, man, because today I'm going to be talking about soft players. Yeah, so the topic today, man, is basically um, players that are, as I can say, let me see how I can put this, um, man, um, is it soft, mentally weak? Um. Yeah, just mentally, mentally soft players uh, in in this league right now. As far as you know, being able to grind out or or not being able to handle when someone is talking crazy to you or somebody's getting physical with you, and there there lies the problem with the NBA when it comes to the physical toughness. In the regular season, and how it's kind of lightened up a little bit, and everybody know in the playoff things get a little bit tougher. But that that is really uh, my topic for today, is uh, the the soft the soft NBA that we have today, and how players are easily distracted uh, based off physical play or someone actually talking to them. So you know, I just don't really get that part and. But I, I want to go around the league a little bit, and I want to talk about a couple other things, man, that I was looking at today. And first off, let's let's start off with uh, the Milwaukee Bucks uh, beating the Chicago Bulls. Uh, it was it was a difficult game for them. It wasn't a difficult game for the Bucks, but the Bucks do what they usually do. They need to tighten up a little bit on their defense because they jump out to these humongous leads where they'll get be up twenty twenty five, and you're like, oh man, they running away. And then you go away from the TV and come back, and the, the team that they was blowing is up is down by five now. So you know that becomes that's an issue that I think the Bucks need to tighten up on. Uh, I think when they get up on teams, they need to like really focus in at that point on holding defense and locking them up, and maybe taking easier shots because when you up by twenty five thirty, it's no it's no need for you to shoot three pointers anymore. At that point, you can turn into a low post team, meaning you know getting Giannis on the block, getting um, uh, uh, Lopez on the block, and uh, giving them the ball in the low post, so you can score easy buckets. You know, so you can get away from trying to shoot threes because what you'll end up doing is shooting yourself out of a game. So one thing you don't want to do is when you up 20, 25 points, 
I understand the situation about putting a dagger in a person, but you know what? Hey, man, listen. You cannot take any chances. Put the foot on their neck and just go and slow it up. Slow up the game. Turn it into a half-court game. No more running. You get up by 20, slow the game down. Grind it out. That's that's what I say you do. And that makes the game more difficult for the other team because they want to run and gun because they're trying to get back into it. And if you keep shooting threes and missing and they're going down shooting and making, that helps them to come back. So I think if one thing the Bucks need to do, they, to me it looked like they're going to sweep um, Chicago Bulls. The one thing they need to do, though, is when they get them leads, I think they just need to switch it up a little bit, slow it down, start working the block, you know, uh, do things like that to try to uh, keep that lead intact instead of just shooting your way out of the game and allowing another team to come back. Um, going to the Minnesota and uh, Memphis Grizzlies game, that was an outstanding game as well, uh, watching them young players go at it. Uh, Morant, Big Cat, um, um, the young man name um, plays for Minnesota. Um, I think his last name is. Let me let me let me not butcher his last. Let me not get his last name uh, wrong. D'Angelo Russell. Um, um, I think his last name is Brown. I'm not 100 percent sure. Uh, let me let me check out. Let me check him out real quick. Let me check out. Uh, my guy real fast. It shouldn't take me too long. I just don't want to get his name wrong. Um, uh, check out their roster. Uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah, man. He is a really nice player. He had a great debut for somebody that has never been in the playoffs. Minnesota. Put it like this. If Minnesota three three players is hitting along with the bench play from, from Malik Beasley, if he's giving you that 15 points off the bench, Big Cat doing what he's supposed to do, uh, Anthony Edwards doing what he's supposed to do, um, uh, D'Angelo Russell doing what he's supposed to do as far as everybody scoring their average or more, along with Patrick Beverly playing that lockdown defense, um, they look like they can probably beat um, Memphis Grizzlies. Remember, we glorify Memphis Grizzlies because of the regular season play. Like most teams and most uh, uh, analysts do, you glorify these teams for their singular play, one-game playoffs, and their record. Just because you win 64, 65, 63 games, that doesn't translate into you winning a championship. Just because you look good in the regular season doesn't necessarily mean you're going to look good in the playoffs. So I think that's why the playoffs is so beautiful because you basically you got to let you got to let everything just play out. You can't just sit there and um, say that um, this team is going to win or that team is going to win because they actually got to go against the team. They actually got to beat the team. And another thing is you got to be healthy. So and luck got to be on your side. Your shots got to be falling. So it's a whole bunch of things. That's why. The game just need to be played and not predicted. Even though it may look a certain way, it don't mean it's going to turn out that way. You always an injury away from the whole series turning around. So, um, yeah. Um, uh, yeah, I, I just think that um, Minnesota probably has a great opportunity to beat Memphis. 
Uh, Memphis really do rely on uh, Jam John Morant a lot, but I think I, I look at John Morant like this. John, John Mor Morant is very slight of build. So just like Adam Iverson, if John Morant want to keep coming up in there and keep, you know, he's the highlight reel, uh, catching dunks and lobs and taking it to the cup, his jumper is kind of, it's okay. He's got he's gotten better. It's not it's not a, it's not a shot that you fear, but um, you might have to just end up you know you're gonna have to hit him. You don't have to make him not want to come up in there, because once you shut John Morant down, there's a good chance because his energy elevates everybody else's energy. So if you can kind of neutralize John Morant, you got a great chance of beating them. And the way I look at it, Minnesota actually has a big three. Um. Memphis doesn't, uh, and Edwards, D'Angelo, Big Cat, they're big three. Big Cat is stretching out Adams, making him come out to play at the top of the key. That's big because Adams, though he is a good defender, he's a good de defender when it comes to when you're in a statuesque form, like you're on the block and, you you know, he's holding you with, with your back to the basket. He's not super great with his feet, so having to take on Big Cat, who shoots threes, plays inside out, it's an advantage, uh, Minnesota. Uh, and then you got Pat Bev that's just basically harassing and physically hounding uh, John Morant. And I think that's going to be the game plan for um, uh, Memphis is to really just get up, uh, uh, Minnesota rather, to really just get up into John Morant, make him work hard, be physical, take him out his game, and 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 and, and the sky's the limit for them. So it's very interesting if uh, if they can grab another game. Uh, uh, it'd be very interesting, you know. So uh, they went into Minnesota. I mean, they went into uh, Memphis, and they grabbed the game. So that's that's they did their job. They got one game. So all they got to do is go home and take care of home court. So it's looking possible. It's looking possible. You know, then I'm going to slide over to um, the Dallas and Utah series. Um, again, Utah hasn't been playing well. All season, I ain't going to say been playing well, but they've been kind of up and down. In this particular game, without Luka, you know, they played fairly well. They beat them. But you wonder if Luka is playing, are they able to beat Dallas? Um, that series, I really don't know. Utah does have uh, uh, Donovan Mitchell, and they do have a uh, – a defensive players as far as their center is concerned and they got some nice uh players around nice pieces around them so when you look at both teams i would say utah does have the better team uh but dallas you know just off luca alone who can throw up 45 and dish out 10 and grab 10 can really energize his team to get get wins i mean uh so it's possible um that uh that's a that's a that's a series is a up and down series. I'm not 100% sure when it comes to that series. Uh, I already kind of told you about Denver, Golden State doing what they supposed to do. They got their three headed monster going. Plus they got great bench play. They're just a better team than Denver. But I expect uh, Luca uh, again, uh, not Luca, but uh, Joker since he's the MVP. Is you have to rise to the occasion. You have to rise to the occasion. You're not gonna have all your best players all the time but they have a good enough roster to be able to play at a high level and compete. So, again, you know, I'm just not giving excuses because you don't give excuses to LeBron, to to uh, Giannis, or nobody else. 
You know, if you're the MVP, you're expected, your expectations is high. You know, you should be able to elevate your teammates around you. Um, Toronto, Philadelphia, again, Philly, giving you that Philly cheese steak. It's looking good, looking delicious, mouth-watering, you know. But like all sandwiches, you know, when you order a sandwich and you get it, it's perfect. And then you go order that sandwich again, it don't taste just as good. You know, it's not made, it's not, it's not, it's the, the cheese is not melting and, and it's not popping off your mouth when you bite into it, you know, when you're eating a Philly cheesesteak. And sometimes you don't get a consistent, uh, a great sandwich. It's just, that's just facts. And that's what the Philadelphia 76ers do. They remind you when they're hitting on all cylinders, man, they're a Philly cheesesteak made perfectly. But when they're, when they're, when they're not hitting and when they're, when they're, and when they're relying on just uh, Embiid, and, and 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 Harden is not doing what he's supposed to do, man. That's that's that Philly cheese that man. This just don't taste all that good. You know what? Hey, man, you can have this. You can, you can have this. You can have this. I don't even want it. It don't taste good. And that's the type of team Philly is. They up and down. You know what I'm saying? They're an up and down team. Um, the Boston and Nets team uh, series, man. Already, it looked like it's going to be an Ali Frazier matchup. And it's going to go back and forth, you know. Uh, uh, luckily for Tatum, he was able to make a huge play because it, it looked like that game was over. If if the Nets had just a resemblance of a little bit of defense, uh, they probably could have stopped that play and won that game. Other than that, that game was back and forth. A lot of good game play. Kyrie doing his thing, you know, um, uh, going through his emotions but still being able to compete at a high level. You know, the Nets just can't defend. And for Boston to be uh, a defensive team, like people are saying, they gave up a lot of points. But, again, it's, it's to happen when you're going against Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, two of the most explosive offensive players of all time. So, you know, it, it's going to happen. You're not going to stop those guys from getting their points. Uh, your goal is to stop all the other players, if possible, from helping out. Because you can live with them boys getting 80 points or, or 70 points combined, and you just locking up, focus on locking up everybody else. You know, that would be the smart thing to do. And as far as um, the Miami uh, Miami Heat, yeah, that, that series is a wash. Um, I believe that um, Trey Young and Atlanta Falcons probably will get one game. Uh, the, the heartbreaking thing for them is that Clinton Capella is out with a hyperextended knee. He he may miss a significant amount of, amount of time. Uh, hopefully he can come back. It, you know, if he can get back at least when they go back to Atlanta, uh, that that's an opportunity for, for for them to steal some games. Like I said, they can win games, but I got I got um Miami beating them. Miami just got a lot of shooters, got a lot of defenders to throw at um um uh, uh Trey Young. So you know when you can throw guys six five six six and and put him in Trey Young is all but six three six two, you know. Uh, so if you can get players length in front of them. Make him hit those tough shots, man. He's a great shooter. But my thing is, you know, anytime you're taking a shot that's that's outside, that's further than the three-point line, uh, that's a bad shot, even if it go in. That's a bad shot. And if you can put hands in his face, man, to have him shoot those difficult shots, it works out for you. Grab that rebound and, and rack up. Before you know it, you're blowing the team out. And Miami got a whole bunch of tenacious defenders. And they got some scores, man. You seen what Duncan Robinson did at any any given moment. Tyler Hero, those guys at any given moment can light it up. Lowry, Oladipo, they are full of shooters. So 
it's a problem as far as Miami don't have enough firepower. And this time I think they just they got the wrong draw. This not this not a good matchup for them, especially without Capella. So they're looking like they're gonna be going out pretty early. If it's not a sweep, it's gonna be four to four to two, you know. Um, you know, so it's not looking great for the Atlanta Hawks. Um, so yeah, man. Uh, NBA playoffs is going down. Phoenix, Chris Paul again on a mission. Um, yeah, it's, it's gonna just be light work for Phoenix. Um, you know, uh, New Orleans is a good good story, man. You know, you got McCullum coming over there. They, them going on a run to win a champ, to not win a championship, but to get into the playoffs. You got you got you seeing the potential of Zion Williams being able to come back. A lot of there's, there's a lot of things for New Orleans to get excited about. You made the playoffs when you wasn't supposed to. You just happen to be going up now against the defending uh, Western Conference champions, who's got a hunger, you know, for a championship, and they're they're not going to allow anything to get in their way. So it's just bad place, bad time for them. So yeah, but no doubt Phoenix will be handling their business and putting them out. So it's a lot of games coming up today as well um, for Monday. Uh, so you got Toronto and Philly round two. Uh, see how that's going to happen. You got Dallas and uh, Utah, and you got Denver and Golden State. My predictions is Philly's going to win again. Um, I think that uh, Dallas, uh, it, it, depending on if uh, Luka is going to be playing, if Luka playing, I got Dallas winning. If he's not playing, I got Utah winning. And as far as Denver, I got Denver going down 0-2. Um, you know, maybe when they go back home, back to Dallas, Denver, high altitude, you know, how that can mess with players. They can probably snatch a win. Who knows? But that's that's basically what I got, man, for the NBA, man. It's, it's very interesting. It's cracking. I'm glad uh, the playoffs is here because we can see some st strategic uh, coaching and, you know, some game planning it and players playing tighter defense. The refs not giving – Easy whistles, you know, the refs really uh, making you play. So it's, it's a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful sight to see. Um, today in the NFL football news, there's really not a lot of, lot of things moving. You know, they got um, Debo Sam Samuels, uh, Terry McLaurin. They're going to be holding out. Uh, they're on the last year of their contract. And my opinion is with this situation now, with just like with Deshaun Watson, and when he signed his $230 million guaranteed contract, what it has done, what it has done now is it's going to be setting the market not in a good way. And you're going to see a lot of teams now trying to have a Joe Burrow type situation. If you got the quarterback on the cheap, build on the defense, get some quality offense going, try to get your Super Bowl before your quarterback or your best left tackle or your best receiver is free to sign another contract because the $230 million has set the market. So now you got quarterbacks like Tyler, uh, Kyler Murray. Um, you got quarterbacks like, um, uh, what's his name, Lamar Jackson. These guys... Man, listen, these guys want to get paid. And once they've seen that, they're looking for something like that. If you're a top five 
top 10 quarterback, they're looking for something like that. So it's what's messed up about it is set the way it's setting these markets is getting the players' money, but it's messing it up for the owners. And I don't have any sympathy for the owners at all, but it's 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 gonna really just work them around. Um, the receivers now they want to get paid, you know. Looking at um, Devontae Adams and what he got now, you talking about thirty thirty five million dollars a year for a receiver. So now you got these other receivers like McLaurin and and Debo. Hey, they ready to get paid? They looking at it like, oh hell no. You know, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm worth more. You know, as a competitor, you feel like I'm worth more than this person to my team. You know, I want to make that type of money. So now you got players holding out, not wanting to come in. And I understand because what you're doing is you're risking injury when you come in. You know, pay the players. You know, if you know that those players are, are essential to your championship or to you doing well. And Debo showed that he's a, a Swiss Army knife. He does everything. He's not just one thing. And that's a dangerous weapon to have. That's the same thing like a Tyreek Hill. He's not just a one-trick pony. He can kick off, catching, blocking. You know, those are valuable assets to have. So I don't think that um, teams need to lock in on paying these players if you feel like, they're not worth it. Just because you're a good receiver don't mean you're worth $35 million a year. So sometimes I think what's going to have to happen is they're going to have to bring it back down to reality. And these mid-level receivers, you're not going to get paid like that. I'm not going to pay you like you are a top-flight receiver. And that's why I think uh, it's, it's headed in the wrong directions. They don't grab control of it. Um, all these players is going to be wanting money. You ain't going to be able to keep your team together. It's about to get nasty, and you can thank that to Deshaun Watson, which I'm happy for him, get his money. Also with um, Devontae Adams setting a new mark for the highest-paid receiver. So you know these are the young receivers that's doing well, you know, praying to stay healthy so they can get to that next contract. You know they can't wait because they know they're going to demand more, especially if you've been to a Super Bowl, you're going to demand more. You know, that's just it's just facts. So it's just a matter of, seeing how it play out, you know, but the way it's looking, um, yeah, yeah, it ain't looking, looking too sweet, but, um, you know, on to the next topic, um, Coach K, you know, uh, not Coach K, I'm sorry, Nick Saban, uh, Nick Saban said some very strong statements today, or I think it was yesterday, where he said, pretty soon college football is going to be almost a for sale or player for hire type situation where you just paying a player to come to your team and it's taking away the natural process of building your program. But that's very hypocritical of Nick Saban because you're benefiting from players that's getting paid. That's great. You know, you're benefiting for teams and players wanting to come to your program because you're the best program, you're the most elite program, and you put in the most football players. So it's not fair to sit there and say that, you know, um, uh, players are getting paid 
and it's, it's and it's going to mess it up because you're going to have a lot of players in the transfer portal. They're going to be getting promised money and getting, but it's legal. It's legal. It's like you know, uh, Debo, uh, Dabo Sweeney. Uh, you know, he's crying about it. And I think what it is though, when your program starts to get other programs that's competing, and it's just not three teams, players, coaches are going to get frustrated because they like having an upper hand. They like being the same rotation, but that's not exciting. You want to have to switch it up. You want to have different people. So that's why I was like, you know, you just can't continue to um, um, keep things uh, the same way. Um, you got you to just basically accept the change, adjust, and I'm pretty sure Alabama has. They have boosters. They're able to take care of and pay these guys if they want to. So it's like you really can't get on TV and complain about that. And Dabble complaining about the transfer transfer portal. Man, just stop whining. Get back on the grind. Do what you do. Get your players in. Get your boosters and up and ready. Get these get these get these um, donors in line. So and and these advertising places so you can get these players you want. Yeah, you're gonna use that as a tool. That's what it's for. It ain't it ain't against the rules, so you can use it. You know, you want to go get you a player, you can promise them that they can get they're gonna get a shoe deal from Shoe Jackson or Air Jacksons or whatever whatever shoe that's out, or get 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 a closing deal with you know Armani or something like that. You know, so why wouldn't they go California, USC? They're the ones to me that's gonna eat the most. You Southern California agents in sports. You know, get, making good money. So it's like, you know, he he he's he's just wasting his breath, man. You know, the players are going to leave and put themselves in the best situation to be successful. And it's unfortunate, yeah, you want the traditional way, but the traditional way was basically almost like a master slave. These guys killing their body while the Congress, while, while the constitute, while the uh, school gets all the profits and, and, and able to do all these different things because of the football and basketball program, you know? So it's like, you got to be fair. You got to be fair and not take advantage and not take advantage of people. You know, you just got to be fair. And I think that what's fair for the players is they need to be getting paid. They need to be getting the money that they're getting. But at the same time, you need to try to figure out a way to keep your integrity intact, you know, because the one thing you the one thing a man or a woman has is the only thing you have is your word. Your word is your bond. So it's like, man, you you, you stick you 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 focus on something, stick to it. Don't change. You know, don't change. That's how I look at it. Just don't change. But moving on, man. Um, talking about the soft sports mind of some of the best players who are mentally soft, and you see it all the time. I'm not gonna be naming names. But most of the players that do most of the whining are usually the teams that, that lose championships. You know, most of the teams that don't pay no attention to that, just, you know, focus on whatever's going on, they don't care about that. You just ask her, did you leave? And she'll say, yeah, but you really don't. It don't matter. But it's like you're leaving way ahead of that, like way ahead. You know, so, you know, but that's on him. You got to hold your own, you know. But, um, yeah, so 
talking now about soft players in the league. If you can't get on the floor and you're unable to deal with the physicality and the talking of the fans, then you are in the wrong sport. You are most definitely in the wrong sport. Because I'm seeing Kyrie. I'm seeing West Russell Westbrook. I'm seeing LeBron James. I'm seeing, you know, players that are, like, not being able to handle being heckled. Now, if the heckling is, uh, is, 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 is out of order or is uh, very derogatory, then yeah. But if it's just regular jaw jabbing and you're losing focus, that's a problem. You know, that's a problem. But when you look at players like Reggie Miller, how he put the choke sign on New York and he lit them up with the fans going at him. How you look at Trey Young last year when he had that game and took over in New York. And he loved the fans. He loved the New York fans. He loves, he said, when they boo and when they say those things, it gives him energy. It makes him even more hungrier to level up and destroy these guys and send them home packing, crying with handkerchiefs. But it's sad to see some of your better players low managing, not happy about 72 games, and not happy about being put out. You know. And that's understandable. You know, that's understandable. But my thing is, you're playing a physical game. You're going to get other players to talk to you. If you're a great player, no one is going to allow you just as freely roam. They're either going to hit you or talk to you. That's what I see. I'm watching the tape of LeBron get into it with a player from Memphis, and he upset. You know, I guess the young guy, the young bull talking crazy. He didn't like it. He says something about it. They go back and forth. You know, in the end, it's basketball, man. They open. You know? They open. So if you can't take the crowd noise, the heckling, then there's a deeper problem. Because you got to be able to fight through all that. That should be energy for you. You should love being booed. Because you know you're doing something right. You know that you're doing something right when you're getting booed. That's how I look at it. You know you're doing something right. But I see Kyrie got pretty upset at Boston. But there's a bad history there with Kyrie in Boston. So I can see that. As long as you're not being out of line. That's understandable. So I just think the league just have to let these players play. When the playoffs come, let these players play. If you're not hacking, if you're not overly hacking, let them get physical with you. 
They already let them talk, but sometimes you can talk and you get a text. So let me not be lying. Sometimes you talk, they give you a text. You know? So I'm hoping that things get better in the league. I'm hoping that players get tougher in the league. And I'm hoping that the sitting games, you know, the sitting games I'm not going to trip about. Because I believe the goal is the championship in the end, and you're trying to do whatever you got to do to keep your players healthy. So I don't think that's a big deal. I'm not going to make that a big deal. But I know being soft mentally, that's a big deal. But, again, who knows? Maybe it's some trauma there. Maybe it's something deeper to as if, uh, you know, players are the way they are mentally. That's the only thing I can think of. You know? But once you get the star player off his off his keys, man, where he can't play that piano perfectly and he's just hitting the wrong notes, your mission is accomplished. You were able to get a song. That's amazing. You know? So you have to just... Get your mind in the mode to know when the playoffs come around, it's going to be some hacking. It's going to be some shit talking. You winding around complaining to the refs ain't going to do nothing. So, I'm, 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 I'm very interested in, in, in seeing the rest of these playoffs, seeing how everything go. Um, I'm going to sit back today and watch some games. Come back on Wednesday to um, chop it up with some somebody on a special guest online on, on, online for you guys. Um, didn't really have much to say. Really wasn't a lot of stuff going on. Oh, but Earl Spence did did win and beat you got Uganda. I forgot his name. You you got you got something. He's a Dominican Republican, but 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 man, Earl Spence put the beating on him. Broke that eye socket. Gave him a nice butt whooping. So I'm hoping that this will start up the um, conversation of a, of, a, of a super fight between uh, Crawford and um, between um, Earl Spence. Because we've been waiting too long now. It's time now. We can't keep, we can't waste another year. We want to see these fighters fighting their prime. There is no excuse now. There's no need to jump over anybody and let somebody else go first. Man, it's time. It's time, and I'm, and I'm ready. I think the whole boxing world is ready to see uh, this fight go down. It'll be a big fight. I know it will. It'll be a big fight. It's enough money to go around to both. I do. It's hard. To, they're going to have to figure out the money split. I think that's the big thing with them is who is the draw. And really, Earl Spence is the draw, so Earl Spence should get the most money. Uh, it should be a, still be a great payday. It should, it should still be a great payday for for um, Bud, the best payday of his career, even if he didn't come in as getting the most. At least it could be a 60-40, 70-30 type situation. Uh, but it's not going to be 50-50 for sure. But he'll still be able to get some money. Um, yeah, so it's, it's going to be interesting. And... Really, man, that's about it, man. I appreciate you guys talking with me, man. I'm about to get ready to slide up out of here. Again, as always, y'all stay blessed, and I'll see y'all again later. Other than that, I'm out of here. Peace.
my favorite sport. I like the way to dribble up and down the court, just like I'm looking on the microphone. So adopt the J and Moses Malone. I like slam dunks and taking it to the hoop. My favorite play is the alley oop. I like the pick and roll. I like the giving go. Cause it's basketball, but Mr. Curtis flow. Oh. 